Welcome to this episode of The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I'm one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a podcast devoted to books, current events, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Now today we continue in our series on the ordinary means of grace, and Bryce Harrison, our church planting resident, and I talk through baptism and the Lord's Supper, and how baptism and the Lord's Supper are gifts from Jesus himself that are intended to inflame and stir our affections for Jesus. We talk about some common misconceptions, and ultimately how to do these things well as a church. Uh, Give it a listen. I hope that you enjoy, and I hope that this brief series on the ordinary means of grace has been an encouragement to you. Give us a listen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and rate us and and uh, other stuff. Thanks. I may have been given a bad break, but got an awful lot to live for. Thanks. Lou Gehrig. Michael Scott. <laughs> Bryce, welcome. Thank you. Um, how are you today? Good. Good. Hey, here's a question to kick us off. Other than the Lou Gehrig quote that you didn't know I was recording. All right. Um, what website do you visit most often? And your answer cannot be email or social media. It would definitely be our TCGS Fantasy Football Dynasty League because you have to check it every day if you want to stay on top of Josh Styles. <laughs> if you want to compete with the likes of Josh Styles. Yeah. It Josh requires blood. Requires dedication and commitment that is unprecedented in the world of fantasy football. That's just Josh doesn't do anything less than 199%. If you doubt that, watch him play spike ball. Indeed. Uh, who else is in that league? Jacob Farrell, uh, Drew Plumley, uh, Bobby Ducharme. Jacob Witt, Joel Gardner. Now I've got to name them Billy Canada. I have to name them all or somebody's going to be really jealous that they got missed. That's assuming they listen to this podcast. By by the way, Billy Canada is the king of collusion. Like, basically the league has to police him weekly for trying to manipulate some rule. He's basically Bill Canada Belichick. (laughs) Or, yeah, we we won't go any further than that. All right, so today Bryce and I are talking about the ordinances or the sacraments. Really, that classification, depending on what tradition you grew up in, grew up around. Uh, But at TCGS, we refer to them most often as the ordinances. Now, I'm going to read from our statement of faith on baptism and the Lord's Supper, and then we're going to talk around these. So, our statement of faith concerning baptism says this. Baptism is an ordinance of the Lord Jesus, obligatory upon every believer wherein he is uh, is immersed in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as a sign of his fellowship with the death and resurrection of Christ, of remission of sins, and of giving himself up to, uh, to God to live and walk in newness of life. It is also a prerequisite to membership in the local church. And it's prerequisite, not prerequisite, which is what I said on Sunday. I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I did notice. <laughs> it it, it was, sounded slightly Elmer Fudd-like. <laughs> Those wascally wap. Yeah. And it was it was in a moment in the sermon where I couldn't backtrack and correct it because it was like too, too serious. Yeah, too, yeah. So I just oh, went with it. I, 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 felt, I felt for you. Most, yeah, most days I'm porky pigging, mm. you know, but Sunday I, I Elmer I fudded. All right. So uh, baptism, uh, the Lord's Supper 
follows thus the Lord's Supper, i.e. communion, is an ordinance of Jesus Christ to be administered with the elements of bread and the fruit of the vine, and to be observed by his churches until the end of the world. It is in no sense a sacrifice, but is designed to commemorate his death, to confirm the faith and other graces of Christians, and to be a bond, pledge, and renewal of Christians' communion with him and of their church membership until he returns. All right, so what jumps out to you about these two definitions? I would say first for the the definition of baptism, it jumps out at me just the explicit statement that this is obligatory upon every believer. Um, I think at, at first blush, that seems to be a little bit of a bold claim um, because we, we can be pretty hesitant to consider the ordinances as obligatory hmm. um, because of our a, a, a good and right uh, desire to not make them... Um, were saving works in and of themselves and so because of that have a tendency to sometimes react and swing the other way of of belittling them almost to the point where we would say this is entirely optional and even just even just kind of personal preference i really like the explicit statement in in the definition of the lord's supper as well that this is that these ordinances are something to be observed by Christ's churches until the end of the world mm-hmm. That the ordinance is something that essentially stops when Jesus comes back because it it finds its ultimate fulfillment there, similar to the practices of the Old Testament that didn't continue with Jesus' coming because the new and better fulfillment of the thing to which they anticipated had arrived. And so similarly, the supper looks forward to Jesus' second coming and then terminates there at the marriage supper of the Lamb where we now have the true and better fulfillment of it that that makes the the sign and the symbol um, now obsolete. Yeah, that, that's really good. I, I really appreciate what you said about the, the explicit statement that baptism is obligatory upon every believer. And, and it doesn't say it quite like that. But in calling the Lord's Supper an ordinance, I mean, that's, that's essentially what's being said, is that this is something that has been ordained by Jesus, hmm. which is why we call it an ordinance. Something ordained by Jesus that has been commanded by Jesus and has been given by Jesus, uh, and given by Jesus personally to his church. Um, I, I think it's really important to, to point out that these things are not, as you said, optional, and they are not uh, um, like addendums to the Christian faith, but rather are like key elements of our sanctification. Yeah, it's, it's not a way that we've simply chosen to express the things that Jesus has told us are right and true, but it's even more than that, it's the way that Jesus has told us to express the things that Jesus has said are right and true. That's good, and that's a really important point. You know, um, uh, after, I guess it was this past Sunday, I had, there was a, a real strong call to come to Jesus and to come and be saved. The, the prerequisite is that you are unqualified, come to Jesus, and he qualifies you by his blood. And someone asked why we didn't do an altar call afterwards. And I, I, I porky-pigged and didn't really have a great answer. Um, but th- the point you just made is the reason that we don't do altar calls, that the, the way in which we express our allegiance to Jesus and the way that we come forward and kind of announce our intentions of following Jesus isn't by coming coming forward on a Sunday morning and talking with the preacher during you know the organ solo it's through baptism 
Mm-hmm. Baptism is the way that we announce our intention to the world to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So the reason we don't do altar calls is because, well, sometimes altar calls can unhelpfully take the place of baptism, or, or at least in the way that they are um, uh, used as a tool to express one's dedication to Christ. And, and similarly, I don't come forward periodically to rededicate myself to Jesus. I rededicate myself by partaking of the the bread and the cup with with the body of Christ because that's that act of of commemorating our commitment to to Jesus and in essence kind of rededicating ourselves to the cause and what the work that he's done in us. Yeah, and we're not disparaging people who who choose to do those things. We just think that it's important that we honor what Jesus has given us, these ordinances, baptism and, and the Lord's Supper, you know, for, for those purposes rather than crafting something else. Um, in addition to things we've already said, why, why would you say that these two practices, these ordinances are important? Well, I, th- I mean, I think one is just because the baptism and the supper have been such an integral part of faith and practice through the history of the church. So our commitment to and observance of baptism and the supper beyond being um, the, what Jesus has kind of prescribed for us as practices of the church also, uh, in some sense, roots us and tethers us to a long history of, of Orthodox faith and practice. Um, we stand on the shoulders of giants who have gone before us, and, and really, um, like, more ink has been spilled over the issues of baptism and the supper than than just about any other issue, save maybe the deity of Christ, um, mm. which anything just points to how how highly the church has valued it throughout history. It um, points to something's something's wrong in our understanding or deficient in our understanding of them. If we can just kind of treat them at you know, as you said, as kind of negotiable aspects of the faith, when that's kind of the that's kind of the anomaly in church history. Yeah, and and the reason that that ordinances have been so important to the practice and the faith of the church through history is not because not because they want to squabble over the details. The squabbling over the details is also often pointed to as, um, well, maybe we should just do away with the ordinances because people struggle to agree on them. Um, but if anything, the fact that that theologians have wrestled and and argued about these things for so long points to their importance, the fact that people have believed for so long that it, they're so important that it's necessary to get them right. Um, Martin Luther, uh, it's rumored that Martin Luther kept a plaque in his office that said, remember your baptism. And when in his long bouts of depression and, and wrestling with the devil at night, he would repeat over and over and over, I am baptized, I am baptized, I am baptized, I am baptized, because that was his he was reminding of that that tangible reminder that he had been given by Christ that he had assurance and faith. And I think Paul says something similar in, in Romans 6 when he asks, um, should we just continue in sin that, that grace may abound? And he says, by, mo- by no means, like, we, we should not. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ's death? And that's that's where he goes to remind them of their objective uh place in Jesus is say, do you not remember that you've been baptized? No, don't continue sinning. Why? Because you've been baptized is shorthand for you've been uh, made new and adopted into into Christ's righteousness. That's good. Yet yeah, the, the uh, what I like about the statement of faith is it says that baptism is a sign of a believer's fellowship with the death and resurrection of Christ. And it's, it's not just 
our sign to you know the world of, of the fellowship that we have with the death and resurrection of Christ, but it's also someone's got signed to us mm. of the fellowship that we have with the death and resurrection of Christ. There's an objectivity there to the act of being baptized um, that's important, um, and, and which probably leads into the the next question about the misconceptions we have about baptism and the Lord's Supper. That's in one of them. In one of our misconceptions is that that we have overly subjectivized it. If if that's a word, is that a word? You know what I mean. You're pretty good at making up words, so Very at this at, at this point, it it now is a word in the life of the church at Greer Station. Yeah, it happens. So yeah, uh, with the the um, you know you, you want to tread carefully here because I, I mean both baptism and the Lord's Supper are subjective acts, and that they they need to be accompanied by faith like a volitional posture of belief, right? But at the same time, the Lord is also communicating something to us through that those mm. acts as well. Yeah. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, um, so I think that's one of the big misconceptions. So I, I, there's two big misconceptions that I think, um, obviously we can point to some misconceptions of, of some who practice these things wrongly, and I think that's, that's where we don't want to initially go with this question is what's a misconception of baptism? Well, anyone who does it differently than I do has, a, miscon- babies, yeah, right? has a misconception of baptism. Um, the two big ones that stand out to me is one, um, that the idea of these things are simply memorial. Um, they are, they are memorial acts. They are something in, in remembrance of something that's, that's happened. But to think that that belittles the act itself is a misconception to think that if um, if Christ, if the the bread and the wine aren't actually Christ's body and blood, that partaking in the supper becomes less significant. Um, I think is is a misconception. We can still hold the significance of it and the the power of it and say that there's something something real happening there where God's spirit is present and moving without having to say that these these observances are something more than memorial and, and a remembrance. Um, I think the other big, big misconception, which probably is even deeper rooted and more pervasive across uh, at least modern church culture, is that you can approach this up the the ordinances as one of two things either matters of first importance or matters of unimportance and we would say it's neither of those like this is not a first tier issue a hill that we're going to die on to say that you have to do these things this way in order to be considered christian we're still going to consider other people faithful brothers and sisters that that believe differently about these things, but that doesn't relegate this to an issue of unimportance that we is not important for us to dialogue, stake claim to, and even make some distinctions within our denomination and within our local church um, that that this is how we're going to do things, and and it's a prerequisite. Um, there's there are multiple tiers there. It's not just this has to be of utmost importance or it can't be considered important at all. You need to argue tooth and nail or you just need to throw your hands up and give up. And we would say no to both of those. That's good. Yeah. I I mean, so obviously our Presbyterian, Methodist, Anglican brothers and sisters would, would do baptism very differently than we would, but we would still affirm that they're brothers and sisters in Christ, though we think that they're very misguided, very much misguided on baptism. Um, one, one area where it does become a first-tier issue is in 
the Catholic doctrine of uh, transubstantiation, which you've already alluded to, um, in, in which our statement of faith is very clear, like that the Lord's Supper is in no sense a sacrifice. That's mm. speaking specifically to the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation, which says that, well, Christ is re-sacrificed for God's people week after week in the breaking of the bread and the, the drinking of the wine, which is problematic and doesn't jive with Hebrews. And that, that's um, then it becomes a first-tier issue. Um, however, um, we can still have fellowship, for the most part, with folks who approach these two issues, these two ordinances, differently than we do. Now, why are they considered means of grace? Well, I think you've you've already alluded to it um, somewhat, but just the the idea that um, we typically, I think we typically fall into the trap of thinking that baptism and the supper are primarily us speaking through these acts. It's us declaring something to the church. It's us declaring something before the world. It's us pledging something to God, and it's definitely not less than those things. It is those things. Um, but I think it's also, like you said, God declaring something to us. Um, the fact that God has even given these ordinances to us is to some level a, a means of grace um, that he has chosen to. God, God doesn't need the tangible, experiential reminder of the spiritual reality that happened in us. He's fully aware of it. He's cognizant of it. He doesn't forget it. Um, he doesn't need that reminder, but he knows that we are. He knows that we are tactile creatures who need to taste and touch and see and feel in order to to remember and believe and be assured of of what's true. And so, the fact that he has instituted the ordinances is a is a gracious reminder of gracious physical reminder of the work that he's done in us in Christ. So that in those times when we doubt and in those times when we are struggling um, we can remember our baptism we can participate with one another in the in the supper and taste and taste and see and remember the things that god's done very literally taste and see yeah that's good that's really good um how, how would you say we can do them well how can we do baptism and the lord's supper well so i think one um that i can think of specifically is just the 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 practice of as you're like for instance as you're taking the supper or as you're up, John? as you're watching someone um, being baptized sorry John just came in sorry sorry to interrupt it's good That's as good. you're watching someone being baptized um, yeah or as or as you're partaking in the supper is to to think um, to think deeply and um, vi- visually about the work of Christ like actively dwell on the work of Christ more so than just casually remembering. Oh yeah, this cracker is kind of somewhat looks like Jesus's body, and grape juice is the color of blood. Um, but like, go go further beyond that to the part where, at, like, as you're partaking, like you are you're considering you're you're watching Jesus carrying his cross all over again to 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 um, the hill of Golgotha, and you're you are watching the blood flow from Jesus's face. Um, and I think as a church, the way that we can um, keep these things from being a rote and the way that we can do them well um, is is by continually emphasizing different parts of the ordinances. Like the ordinances are uniquely multifaceted in ways that other things that we do aren't, um, that we can 
one time that we partake of the supper, we can emphasize like the sufferings of Christ and it can be somber and it can be heavy and it can be a reminder of, of the suffering that Christ bore on our behalf. Um, but then another time we can, we can take the supper with, with uh, a lighthearted gratitude and joy at knowing that as we take this, we think on the fact that, that Christ now lives and that we um, practice this until he returns because we're looking forward to the marriage supper of the lamb. And because they're so multifaceted, I think we can um, keep them from becoming rote by emphasizing different different aspects of what they are and different aspects of, of the truth of, of God's narrative of redemption to us. That's great. That's really good. And, and shout out to Katrina Harrison. We, we don't do boring oyster crackers. <laughs> Katrina has begun baking uh, gluten-free uh, bread for us. Uh, so we, the body takes from one loaf, a gluten-free loaf that comes from the loving hands and oven of Katrina Harrison. So, um, I think you make a really good point there, um, about the, um, kind of feasting nature, uh, or the, the celebratory nature of the supper that we, that we can lean into on occasion. Um, that the supper or the it's the hors d'oeuvres of the, the marriage supper of the lamb and so there, there's very much an appropriate um, kind of glad heartedness that can accompany it um, and when you consider that wine for instance is a sign of blessing all throughout the scripture and a sign of celebration all throughout the scripture that, all, that also adds an additional layer well good well Bryce thanks for coming on we're out of time thanks for having me yeah appreciate you coming on and appreciate you listening until next time